right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of Cult Cinema Catacombs, the show that says, yes, these movies do exist. Uh, joining me, of course, is Andrew Farmer. Uh, from now on, you'll refer to me as Aaron Brockovich. <laughs> <laughs> Inside joke. It landed on the editing floor. Don't question it. Yeah, I, I'm here. I'm ready. My body is ready. So, I have feather boas. So a few, so a few episodes back, we uh, did Myra Breckenridge, um, which uh, it was a very gay episode to do. Um, however, we're about to top that with our next movie um, because. We're going to be looking at a, a, a 1960... And boy, does he mean Tom. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going to be looking at 1969's The Gay Deceivers. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I'm into this. Let's do this. <laughs> so, um, some, 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 some things about The Gay Deceivers. First of all, this is the first movie that Mr. Farmer and I are both going into never seen. Yes, that is true. I'm, I'm very interested to see how this turns out for both of us because you you had said that you've seen like just like the meme type clips or gifs, gifs. I don't. Know yeah, and that's it. Um, Chris has seen the movie, oh, and seen this. he's seen the movie, and it offended him. Uh, so <laughs> it offended him. It offended him. Yeah. And I don't get easily offended. So this makes me. That, when I heard that, that's when I went, okay, with that plus the meme, we got to watch this movie. Uh, so, so yeah, there's that. And then, um, you saw the trailer. Oh yeah. Your reaction to the trailer. All right. So here's my thing about, and this isn't just about the trailer itself, but it's more about any time in this time period, we'll call it, you know, the, the, the late fifties to the early seventies that gay life is depicted in movies or TV. Okay. Why wouldn't and, and it's like it's used for humor or to chastise, right? Like generally, yeah. nobody it's, is it's, saying that th this is awesome. It's but the either problem yeah, is, yeah, it's, absolutely it's, saying that it's awesome. Like <laughs> why? Why wouldn't I want this? This is the reason I I have an admission up top. Um, I personally am a gay deceiver. Um, <laughs> I, I have inadvertently deceived a lot of people that I'm gay. Um, <laughs> so it's appropriate that we do this movie then. But, the, but, but, but this is the reason, right? Like, uh, why wouldn't I want... Oh, wait, so you're, so you're telling me that every, every Saturday night I can hang out in, in awesome clothes with a bunch of dudes and listen to good music... <laughs> and all I gotta do is uh, blow a dude every once in a while. Is that that's that's the price of admission here? Like, why 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 wouldn't you want that life? And every time you see it, like like in a movie, it's 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 like awesome. And I'm like, why wouldn't you? And I'm sorry, Chris is offended. I know Chris is offended by this movie. But as a straight guy who ended up appropriating a lot of gay life by accident, because it's rad, um, you know, this, these are the type of things that made me say, why wouldn't I want to fold this into my lifestyle? Because it looks hella fun. You know? Like, 
Oh no, he's got the sound effects. That's... <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I did watch it. I too love Bosom Buddies. And Peter uh, <laughs> Scolari is amazing. Um, oh, he's not in this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I'm out then. I was told there would be Peter Scolari. <laughs> But no, yeah, it, it, my first take is this is going to be a lot of fun to talk about. That's my, that's my first It's going to be interesting to talk about because there's some interesting history with this movie before we you know, go and, and dive in and watch this thing. Um, this movie, uh, one of the stars, Michael Greer, he actually has a, um, a Hollywood first uh, he is the first openly gay man to have a starring role in a movie as an openly gay man. That's cool. Um, he plays the he plays the landlord Malcolm that um, uh, that we see in, that that we see in the that we see in the memes talking about the peonies and and everything else. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I mean, he that was a first. That was a huge step for Hollywood. Uh, when this movie came out, uh, for those who don't know of this movie, uh, you will probably know the meme for the little Vine video that came out about uh, him crying over his peonies flowers and being corrected that they're marigolds, um, which leads up to this great punchline. I'm not going to spoil it because if you've not seen it, you need to go look for it. It's amazing. Um, the print we're watching, for some reason, though, this scene is blacked out. Um, that's weird, which is weird. Um, and apparently that was the only way they could legally release it online to watch. Uh, the movie's not really available on home video. I mean, it got, it used a, to be on Netflix a long yeah, time it used to be on Netflix a lot and it was released on DVD in the early two thousands, but yeah, it's, it's a lost movie right now currently. So we have to rely on this YouTube print to watch it. So unfortunately, <laughs> apparently the funniest scene in the movie is just dialogue that we hear and that's it. Um, the movie, it's, it's funny you mentioned Bosom Buddies, because that's pretty much what this plot is. Um, it's, uh, about two, it's, it's about two straight guys who are best friends, and they don't want to go to Vietnam. Uh, right. So in order to avoid the draft, they pretend to be homosexual. Uh, because of this, they're placed under surveillance by the U.S. Army, and they have to keep up the pretense. So they decide to become a pretend gay couple and move into an all-gay apartment complex and try to blend in with the people who live there while at the same time uh, seducing women. Story of my life. So, so it's, so, so it's, uh, bosom, it's bosom Buddies uh, meets Freeze Company, basically. Um, allegedly. Yes. <laughs> so that's the plot. So, so that's the plot. And they got this, you know, wacky, they got this wacky, over-flamboyant gay uh, landlord who's being played by Michael Greer, um, who I, from my understanding, is the reason to watch the movie. And he was in the movie to make sure that gay people are portrayed in as positive a light as possible in the movie. Uh, but <laughs> some negativity still went. He tried. Let's just say he tried. Um, but it's there's there's stuff that's still there. I mean, I, like I said, I've only seen a couple of scenes. Um, like I've seen the peonies marigold scene. I've seen the scene where he's trying to cook an omelet, and I'm like, not even not even Liberace would cook an omelet this way. And, 
Uh, so I'm no, just that's the weird that's the weirdest flex I've ever heard. <laughs> not even Liberace would cook an omelet this way. <laughs> And not even Richard Simmons would cook an omelet this way. I mean, this is just. I mean, there's 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 parade gay, and then there's this. So I can only imagine what the rest of the movie is going to be like. Um. So yeah, this is going to be an interesting hour and thirty-seven minutes, I think, for both of us um, with this. And of course, as you know, usual when we're done watching the movie, we'll come back and and talk about it. A um, couple of other uh, little tidbits to talk about before we go into the movie. Uh, the original in in the original movie, the protagonists, um, instead of being college students, were going to be professional Hollywood stuntmen, and apparently, what? yes. <laughs> <laughs> And apparently it was supposed to be – at, 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 in 1969, this would have been bold if they would have done this. It was going to be an expose about how people in Hollywood keep their homosexuality secret. And I I actually would like to see that version of the movie right. because, sure. I mean, again, like I said, if they would have done that in 1969, that would have been bold. I mean they wouldn't even do that in the 90s. You know, let, let alone 1969. So the, that just would have, I think, blown everybody away if they would have done something like that. Um, other little, uh, another little uh, tidbit is is that um, one of the two gay men in the movie, uh, or or one of the men pretending to be gay, the um, the the actor who plays him. Um, is uh, uh, Lawrence, Cra- uh, Lawrence P. Casey is his name, or he goes by Larry Casey. Really, uh, he plays a, uh, Elliot, a character by the name of Elliot Crane. Um, originally, it was going to go to television actor Kent McCord. Um, and for those who don't know who Kent McCord is, he was big for, at the time, the show Adam-12. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, uh, he also started Battlestar Galactica 1980. Yes, he was on Sequest. Yeah. Um, he was um, let's see, what else did he do? He was um, yeah. His big role was uh, on Adam Twelve as Officer Jim Reed. Um, oh, he was also in Airplane Two, the sequel, as as Captain Unger. Really? Yes. Um, and he was also um, in Jag and Farscape. He played uh, Jack. He played Jack Critton uh, in Farscape. So this guy almost played a gay deceiver. I mean, isn't he though? <laughs> <laughs> but but instead, it went to a Mr. Uh, Lawrence P. Casey. And if you go to um, <laughs> Mr. Lawrence P. Casey's um, Internet Movie Database page. Uh, you will find eh, there, <laughs> basically. This. Uh, this is what's on there. Yeah, there, there's this. Uh, let's let, let's just say that the biggest movie that he has on here that I saw was the Chuck Norris movie Good Guys Wear Black. Wow, that's the biggest. <laughs> yeah. Prior prior to this movie, he starred on the Rat Patrol on TV. So I mean, that was his big big role. But yeah, other than that, there's like there's a lot of Love Boat here. There's the live action Spider Man in the seventies. Oh shit! Um, he was on Knott's <laughs> oh, Landing. Shit. He was on Knott's <laughs> Landing for like three episodes. But yeah, just a lot of bit 
television work here and there. Uh, I love those guys. So, I love those guys. So, so, so is the implication that this like hurt his career, or that he was just not going to have a career? He was basically not going to have a career. Okay. I mean, um, I, the, the, the rest of the cast rounded out. We've got um, we've also got uh, Kevin Conlon, who plays the gay the gay lover Danny Devlin. Um, and then we've got the female love interest who's being played by Brooke Bundy. Um, and uh, Brooke Bundy went on to star in um, a couple of Elm Street movies. Right, um, okay. Who played, she played Elaine. Um, she was also on Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, then we also have, uh, with Kevin Coughlin, um, he went on to star on Gunsmoke for a long period of time and just basically did nothing but uh, television work. So not the only real notable person in the cast really is uh, <laughs> Michael Greer. Uh, so that tells you something about this movie. So what was the, what was the, do you have, I don't know if you have this information. We might have to wait till after the break, but you know, what was the reception and where, how, how wide was the release? And like, you know, because this is, seems like, it falls into a category that wouldn't be something that would get a wide release in a, you know, in a lot of doors, you know, it would be more of a fringy type thing. Like, did it get any kind of, you know, national release or was it mainly regional? Um, I'm trying to remember um, if I think I, I remember, if I remember right, it wasn't like a major studio that released it. It was, okay. Um, yeah, it was Fanfare Pictures was the name of the studio that released it. And from what I understand, it did not do well in the box office either. And it also didn't do well with the critics. Um, <laughs> as, a matter really? of fact, on, on, as a matter of fact, on Rotten Tomatoes, it currently has a 32%. Um, even now? Even now, yeah. You'll find even, in, even in our meta world? Even a, yeah. Wow. So, oh, another interesting trivia bit. In France, not I'm sorry, not in France, but in Spain... When this movie was released in Spain, its title, roughly translated in English, was "The Third Sex Having Fun." That's me. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I do all the time. <laughs> um, I mean, the only the only thing that I think really mentions this movie is um, I don't remember it being in the documentary version of it. But in the book, the version of the celluloid closet, they talk about Michael Greer. Really. Um, okay. They, they mentioned this movie, but I mean, it focuses more on Michael Greer itself. But I don't remember this being in the actual film version of the book. Okay, I'm 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 into it. I'm also I'm also into. Uh, we have a um, for those of you that were listening last week, and I think the week before, we we kind of introduced your producer Chris. Um, and I really want to know producer Chris's thoughts on this movie come uh, come the second half. Yes, I really since, want. Since, I really want to. Know. Since he's already seen it, we'll save his comments for the second half, so uh, we can go in a little bit fresher. So, but yeah, this is a first. This is the first time I've never seen this. I've I've ever seen this. Um, so um, here we go. We're uh, now going to uh, dive into the world of. 1969 and experience the gay deceivers. In order to keep the Army's hands off them, they had to keep their hands off girls. 
The Gay Deceivers. I'm Malcolm D. John, your landlord. Introducing Michael Greer as the gay landlord. Oh, I'm Danny. Starring Kevin Coughlin. Oh, how do you do? I'm Elliot. Larry Casey. Well, pleased to meet you. You are the muscular one, aren't you? <laughs> I just adore this cottage. And beautiful Brooke Bundy. I saw him first. Now, wait a minute, gorgeous. I got a bigger piss off. Dad, I'm trying to tell you something. Don't tell me. Tell your draft board. Hey, everybody. This is Elliot, our next-door neighbor. Control yourself. What goes on in the gay deceivers when everyone begins to suspect everyone else is the darndest, gayest fairy tale you've ever seen on the motion picture screen. Let's have a look. And even little sister gets into the act. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Have I got a girl for you? Ta-da! It's getting so you can't tell the boys from the girls. What kind of a movie is this? Rated R. All right, so... We're back. Yep. <laughs> we are back. And, um, yeah. yeah. Wow. Would you say that this is, um, um, another for point of reference for those who've been listening since episode one, another Terror of Tiny Town episode? Uh, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't Terror of Tiny Town bad. Like, Terror of Tiny Town was. Okay, so at least this this movie, like, there were some points in it that I was like, okay, I can I can talk about this. Terror of Tiny Town was just flat disturbing. <laughs> yes. Whereas this is like, oh, okay, uh, I, I, I kind of see what they're trying to do. You know, it's the it's the the uh, Batman v Superman of. Um, of gay draft dodging movies, um, but but it, at least it's not Terror of Tiny Town. I yeah. think is where we're coming from with this. So far, Terror is has been what I would consider the worst ranked movie we've done. Oh yeah, definitely. This probably comes in second. Yeah, I, I I've got thoughts, and um, I mean, Chris was our producer. Chris was not exaggerating. When he said that if we were going in expecting like a Paul Lynn, Rip Taylor comedy extravaganza, we were going to be highly disappointed. Because they tried. It tried, but it failed <laughs> miserably at trying to be a comedy. What was this movie? Who was this movie for? Why was this movie made? Those are the three questions that I need answered immediately. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, it 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 was weird. Because I mean, I, now I know that. Homosexuality in the cinema, especially in the 1960s, homosexuality, I mean, really up until not too long ago, in the 90s it really started changing, but for the longest time, the homosexual in film either had to be the villain who gets killed in the end, Uh the miserable person who... Self-hater. Self-hater. Sure. Who... Either has a change of heart and changes their ways, or commits suicide, or commits suicide, or is um, the um, wacky gay neighbor who has like five yeah. seconds of screen comic time comic relief, right? Like, yeah, yeah. 
flamboyantly, like I, like I said at the beginning of the episode, parade gay. I call this the Julian effect. Julian from Halloween 2018, the black kid. Mm-hmm. The one person has like five minutes of film time and steals that movie. I call yeah, that well, one hundred and thirty percent. That yeah. kid. Owns I call that, that now. I call that the Julian because his character's name is Julian. The Julian effect. That's what I call that. That's what gays were back in the sixties. But, but I, I agree with you. And my my problem wasn't with. I understand what what they were doing with their depiction uh, depiction of of gay lifestyle. Yeah. Right. I get it. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, because there was stuff that it was like it was like a time capsule, and I was like, okay, it's interesting to see this. Because right. you know, 1969 for for gay people was definitely a lot different than 2018. Oh yeah. But then at the same time, there's stuff that just made me go, "That was a decision." Yeah. Well, but I but I think I think that some applause needs to be given to the movie for leaning into leaning into the stereotype almost to the point where you're owning it. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I think for the I, this might be the earliest that I can think of in a, on a you know a broad brush where you get a lot of homosexual characters in one place at one time owning their homosexuality and not and not being self hating mm-hmm. and and also I want yeah, to say this Michael Greer's character t- in the movie was definitely not a self loathing homosexual. No, he, no, he was happy and full of life. First of all, fuck Craig. Second of all, um, <laughs> second of all, Craig. I, I I really want to say, and I'm being dead serious about this when I say this. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, I have orbited. You know, I have been I've been a hag in my in my career of life. I have orbited uh, the the. LBBGQ uh, RSTV community. I've been in that. I've I've been strong, strongly and firm, firmly entrenched in the Q myself at different times in my life. That's so. I have been in situations where gay fights have happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, and generally depicted on screen, unless it's a serious drama a la Brokeback Mountain, a gay fight is slapping, hair pulling, and clothes ripping. Oh, there is, there's some movie, wig snatching going on, yeah. yeah. This movie was the closest to an actual two gay men fighting I've ever seen, which is just, here, I'm going to punch you as hard as I can, yeah. and you're off the ground. Uh-huh. Own that, leave. And that after, was, after, I like, count, after I count to three. And I and I kind of like in my brain applauded that in this movie. Like it would have been very easy to to go that slapstick route mm-hmm. and have the, the wig pull it and the hair and the wig come off and you know whatever the screaming but they and the high pitches, yeah. So so that if, if I'm going to give it a check mark in the in the positive column for me, it's the depiction of gay on gay violence. That's a horrible thing. Welcome to my brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's my take on this. Here's what I like about the movie and what it gets right. Number one, the gay party at Malcolm's house. <laughs> that that got it right about 95%. The whole part right. where, where the blonde gay guy, come on, he's gay. We all know he's going to end up gay. He's gay. Story. He's, he was, he was oh, yeah, in. I want to talk about it. Yeah, I definitely want to talk about it. But him. the party, is, I mean, I've been to several pool parties, New Year's Eve parties, key parties, hanky parties. I've been to these parties. And yeah, they got that right. Number two. Okay. 
let me let me do this real quick. Let me let me interject right here. I'm going to clap. Then why wouldn't I want to be gay? If that was 95% accurate, <laughs> if it was even 80% accurate, why wouldn't I want to be a part of that? Well, thank you. Well, I mean, so I've been told. But <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I loved about the gay party was that we actually had a, a, a backtrack reference to one of our movies when one of the characters was introduced as being dressed as as uh, Meyer Breckenridge. I, did, I missed that. Yeah, one of the characters was introduced as, as dressed as Myra Breckenridge, and I went, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, one of our the, other gay movie came back to haunt us. <laughs> was, the, was the 5% inaccuracy all of the phallic balloons that were in everybody's face the entire oh, no, time, or was oh, that no. accurate? No, no, no that's accurate. That's accurate, Oh too. god, okay. it gets worse. Yeah. yeah, if there is one thing that gay parties and bachelorette parties in the South have in common... Penis. It's a lot of dick all over the place. Yeah, yeah, but was it? Well, but my question was: Was it necessary that every shot, like just off camera, aimed at somebody's face, like right in the mouth area? There's just this flesh-colored balloon, and they're just having normal conversations. But right here, like three inches from his mouth, is this just blood? And I like immediately was like, "Is this in every shot?" Yeah, oh, it is. Cool. All right. Honey, you need to come to Texas more often. <laughs> I think you go to the right places in Texas yeah. more often. Well, then again, this movie was not set in Texas. In fact, it really wasn't clear as to where this was. It Southern California or Northern California? Southern. Because they kept talking about going up to San Francisco. Southern. Yeah, uh, it was a Southern. So it had to have been. And he talked about yeah. going to Palo Alto to go to school. Yeah. yeah because, so it had to be Southern California yeah. because I, I, there was other times where I'm going, well, this could be northern california i don't know so another part of the movie that i want to applaud it for is two two other areas one when malcolm's husband is talking to the gay guy who's not gay yet blonde guy in the movie <laughs> about about yes. he and malcolm and how they had their ups and downs and their fights and whatever blah 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 and either it was the gay it was a blonde guy or the guy or the asshole guy one of the two he's talking to in the kitchen about how their marriage, or how they do this, they do that. I think he had a conversation with each of them at some point. The conversations between the characters about their relationship ring so true. About we have our fights, we did this, we did that, we fell in love, we had the whatever. Sure, yeah. That was such a dynamic that was, you, you could clearly tell where, my, where Michael Greer had his input. In oh the yeah, movie. you definitely could tell. And this was one. The other one was they kept referring to the relationship as... Marriage. marriage that was yep. bold in 69 mm -hmm. hell we didn't use that term here until like the early 2000s so that just calling it a marriage was bold back then so on that level i want to applaud it i also go on chris <laughs> now the I, the other one that chris and i were talking about that we want to applaud was how they portrayed the gay bars back then because they yeah. were cd holes in the wall like that bar was that they went to in the movie they weren't out in the open like uh well like the roundup out here or anything like that or like the lone stars now the, open yeah. and now the any, any eagles that are out there we had a bar here in dallas called the cruise inn which was the very first gay bar opened in Dallas, Fort Worth, or in Dallas at least. And it was it would have been like 60 years old this year, or even older than that. Because when I first came out 25 plus years ago, it was only like 40 years old. So it would be close to 60, 30 years old. So um, 
it just recently closed and they bulldozed it. But it was in a nondescript strip center, all white painted with a single door with a little sign on it, and you had to know someone to get in. That's how they were. Mm -hmm. And the depiction they did in the movie is just the same as it is today. Straight, drunk, white girls wanting to break in and steal the show. Yep. <laughs> and, and paintings of a lot of bulges and butts all oh, over the place. So, yeah. yeah, it got it accurate. And then the people who are, you know, hitting on you that you don't want to have hit on you, yeah, that happens all the time there. So yeah. they got that accurate. Yeah. That's every bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so there was stuff that it definitely did get correct. So for a time capsule moment, for seeing what gay life was like, in 1969. It did pretty good. That element, for me, it worked. The okay. rest, it did not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rest of it, it did not for me. So, like, I just don't understand what it... What it was... What the message was. Yeah, me neither. That's what got lost, right? Yeah. Like, is it... Is it that, like... Was the entire message that, you know, gay is okay in 1969... Was that the message they were trying to That's what trying they were trying to, convey? to convey. Yes, that's what Michael Greer wanted to convey. And he failed. Okay, well, he and that's why that fucked up ending happened too. It's okay to be queer and be in the military. Yeah, but the the, the thing is is that if, if, if they wanted to deliver that message, you could tell where Greer's input ended and the studio began. Yep. Yeah. Because that, that third act erased everything that the first two acts were doing in that movie. I mean, firing firing the blonde guy from being a lifeguard because he was gay, that's accurate. That, kind that of, still yeah, happens We don't want you around our kids. Yeah, I, I was, yeah. I was fired from Walmart back in 1992 for being gay. So I faced that myself. No, I, and th that was I Granted, that was accurate, but the idea... I guess my thing was what like what was the movie trying to be? Was it yeah. trying to be funny with some poignant points, or was it trying to be a drama with some comedy, or was it trying to be all dra all comedy? Um, and that's where I think it got lost because it wasn't funny. No, there were a few funny points. Like like there were a few things I laughed at. Well, um, the line that, that Greer said about you know in the kitchen before he started doing the omelet from hell. Did you lose a fist fight with Julia Child? Yeah, that was funny. That line. Yeah. Well, made me laugh. I texted. I I sent you the I sent you the message about the 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 line I said is the delicious delicious the line that's going to stand out for me in this movie for all time, which is at the party, and I'm looking for the exact line because I actually sent it to you. Um, it, it was it was great. Um, I'm looking for it. <laughs> find it. I see it was after all the dicks at the party. Um, let's see. Was it? Um, I also said it. Pepto Bismol was a genie, which I thought was a good joke personally. That's, oh yeah, we'll get to the pink room um, in a moment. Right. Don't stay in the carpet, Pagliacci. Yes, was like, yeah. I thought that line was real good. Like I was like, that's a good line. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. The um, the, the one about uh, 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 fist, fist fight with Julia Child was funny, well, and of Greer course had good lines. Yeah, yeah, like, and of course the the, the, the famous line about the peonies and marigolds. Um, I may not know my flowers, but I know a bitch when I see one. 
great line. I, there was some great lines wasted yeah. on this movie. It really was. Um, let's talk about the omelet scene real quick. Um, okay. I've known... I'll tell you this right now. The omelet scene makes anything that Sandra Lee ever did looks like Julia Child. Yeah. I would watch the shit out of his cooking show, by the way. <laughs> I will let you know that I don't... I, I mean, I don't know how other gay people are. I'm not, I know I'm not that flamboyant in the kitchen. Gay, I'm not. Chris is not that flamboyant in the kitchen. I've never... I mean, felt, I do cook naked, but... I don't dance the flamingo with a rose in my mouth and then tearing off every single paper product I could get my hands on to create a skirt. I, right. I, right. I, right. I was just, oh my God, that was just really, really over the top. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, and I loved his reaction to when he wanted to eat it with ketchup and bread. Oh, I do that to you all. The time. Yes, because that is because it's like he'll Chris will cook this delicious piece of meat and I'll put some ketchup on the side. He's like, "How dare you put I'll ketchup the on this?" He'll grab that goddamn bottle of ketchup and start pouring. I'm like, "I did not make this shit." So I've that's accurate. <laughs> I've rented a lot of places in my life. But never once have I had a landlord that just decided every morning to come to my cottage. Oh God, and yes. Or or deliver a statue of David, penis hanging out lamp, or just coming in just for the hell of it. I was just like, not even the Ropers did that. I mean, Damn it, you stole my joke. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I found out a tidbit about this. This movie is responsible for every sitcom afterward. To have it where neighbors can just pop in and out. So it's this movie. This is where that started. The concept oh, okay. of friends coming in and popping in and out. Okay, so so the, so so we call this uh, the the laugh in flashpoint. Yes, yeah. that's where that started. Okay, I'm with it. Now, since yeah. you mentioned the Michael the Michael statue of David, yes, Michelangelo's David. Let's talk about the decor. <laughs> Listen, I'm down. I'm into it. I want to move into that cottage today. That whole place looked like Salvation Army's biggest night. I was going to say Tuesday morning, but not everybody's going to know Tuesday no. morning. Um, I was going to say like like someone went to TJ Maxx and Marshalls and bought everything they could find on the shelf for decor and just threw it in that living room. Yeah, Phyllis Diller. Stole the briefcase from Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, <laughs> and then and then Greer stole that from her. Yes, and that's what the cottage and is. Then, and it is the most flamboyant Hobbit hole I've ever seen. Oh yeah. And um, then Greer said to himself, "What would Rip Taylor do?" <laughs> <laughs> I but I'm not. I am not exaggerating. I would. I would love. I would move into that place today. And Give then, me the option. And then, and then, when we thought that with the apartment decor, which of course he's, I, I love when he's like, "Don't you think it's wonderful?" And then he just glares at them for some validation. Uh, I, it wasn't just like a stare; it was a glare. Oh yeah. It's like you better love this. You better love this shit, bitch. So here we've got this over the top, you know. Homosexual Shakey's Pizza going on for a living room. It's the, all, it's, it's the Applebee's of, of homosexuality, where they just have like 
random it license plate. It's, it's a, a 1969 TGI Friday. Yes. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It's got a lot of flair. We then go to the bedroom. bedroom. I'm in love with that bedroom. Oh my god. Not even Anna Nicole Smith had that much pink in her, ba- <laughs> in her bedroom. That- Weird-ass design specialist for Hello Kitty they had on that how this Let me tell you what. Toys love. <laughs> you could have five years worth of Hustler magazines not see so much pink. Yes. That's funny. I mean, it was, like, it, was, it was like Elle Woods took a shit all over that room uh-huh. and said, this is not enough pink. Not enough pink. It's just, yeah. it was so much pink. It was horrible. It was like, it was, and it was, and it was like, it wasn't even Barbie pink or Pepto-Bismol pink. It was that sickly brill cream cake icing pink. Yeah. I wonder how many notes went back from, came back from the studio that just said, can it be pinker? <laughs> just like, needs, Jesus, man. This needs more pink. Oh like, this isn't the kind of gay pink I think of when I think of gay pink. <laughs> no. no. Yeah, it was obnoxiously pink. Yeah. And it's like, and, and and they forced the bedroom to become a character when it's not a character, because everybody who came over had, went, to, see had to see the bedroom, and we had to go back into that pink monstrosity. Listen, that that bathroom, that bedroom is, uh, it's Craig and Greer's Gotham City. <laughs> it has a soul and a heartbeat. All right, it it lives. Oh, and we never saw the bathroom. That, that was another thing. Well, they blew the budget on the bedroom. Yeah, because, I mean, they were even more scared to have them see the bathroom, which makes me go, what the hell was in that bathroom oh that made these two even more scared to have their family or friends or their love interests look inside the bathroom compared to what we've seen in the living room and the bedroom? I mean, is the shower head in the shape of a dick? I mean, what what's... What's Probably. in the bathroom? Wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's tasteful. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's oh, very tasteful. God. It's tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> so um, let us let us address the um, the, the the friend Elliot. Well, let let's actually just address Elliot, Danny no. and Elliot. Period. Okay. Yeah. Um, Danny is gay. From Jump Street, from the runway, okay. Yeah, yeah. This is, it, it, do we know whose idea this is? It was. Um, was it Elliot's or Danny's? It was it, whose Elliot, idea to move in was, together. I uh, think it was uh, Elliot's. Elliot, whoever the blonde guy was, not the dark. No, but guy. whose idea was it? Do we did we get enough backstory at the beginning to know whose idea it was to attempt this this charade? Uh, uh, the, no, the, we the, don't know who came up with the idea of them pretending Danny. to be a, a gay it couple. It was Danny. All right. It was Danny. It's, because Danny yeah. wanted to be a gay couple you before could, this ever started. You yeah. could so tell. And I thought that's where it was going to go. I thought it was going I to go. I did, too. I thought it was going to go to where Danny suddenly realized that he was gay because of how he was acting. And, and I mean, the gay baiting bullshit that he was doing, especially at the party with... Uh, Coming in You're wearing telling nothing. Telling me to try, to really try, yet. yeah. Yeah, it's it's like he comes in wearing nothing but the cape and the uh, peekaboo peekaboo Sheer underwear peekaboo panties, and, and, the, and he gets up, and, and yeah, and he gets upset when men hit on him, 
And I'm like, oh. But you're walking through naked through Wait a, a second. Yeah. I just put it together that that is a back reference to the lamp. That is ah. a. I think that that's why in introducing the lamp was so important that they, that they had to have a five minute scene about the stupid statue of David Lamp. It's a replica. So that, so that they could, so that then they could do the 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 statue of David at the party, and it would be like, oh, well, I got the idea to do it from your dumb lamp. Yeah. Like, okay, okay, because it just it, the. That scene seemed really bizarre and out of place. The statue of David Lamp thing. Unless we're just trying to convince you that Greer is more gay, which I think at this point we're good. Yeah. And, and then and let me interject about the lamp real quick. He found the one piece of furnishing furnishing in that apartment for that apartment that he did the he did the unbelievable. He made an already tacky, uncoordinated apartment decor <laughs> already worse by doing that. I know, just it actually, just, it no, actually made it seem more disorganized. With with an apartment room where everything was just cluttered and everything of just gay, 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 that stood out like a sore thumb. Because every time it was on screen, your attention immediately went to that maroon lampshade and naked statue of David because it just yeah. stood out out of all the rest of the gayness. But yeah. then we have David show up at the party... Doing the same exact thing. Doing the same exact thing. Yeah. And I think it, but that finally just dawned on me why those two things are so weird, yeah. yet connected. Why and, they're both there. And okay. then, and then, and, and, and then uh, Danny also, no one told him to go to the gay bar, but he goes to the gay bar anyway. And he starts getting hit on by that one guy, and well, he gets offended by hitting on the gay, gay bar. I it was a gay bar, though. No, he realized it was a gay bar. Oh, he oh realized come it. now. He knew what he was getting himself into when he went in there. So I was. I I've was, never once, as a as a more or less straight man, walked into a gay bar not knowing it was a gay bar. Yeah, it's not like this was the Blue Oyster or anything like that. I mean, it was. No, that happens at the party. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, and, and so yeah, it was so obvious that if if this were to have been made, even in the eighties, I was going to say today, but no, even if this was made in the eighties, it would have turned out that Danny was gay. Yeah. That would have that would have been the plot twist we got was that Danny was gay, but it would have been a plot twist we saw a mile away, um, especially with his excessive horniness and you know trying to just overcompensate with having sex with women and the way that he just was obsessed with the way that he looked and everything was just it was the gay stereotypes it really was. And if this were made today. He would have ended up in the in the, in the movie. He would have said, "You know what? I, I think I am." Yeah. And in about maybe midway through, he would probably come out. You know what? I think I am. I'm not sure. I'm questioning myself now. And it would have been a topic today. But yeah, I, I yeah. I mean, it, it's clear. Clearly, he is gay. He's realizing he's gay. He's having a hard time coming to terms with it. That's why he had the fight with the guy, with the <clears throat> cowboy at the at the party. Over the, 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 over the the cowboy, over the drag oh my god! Queen. Clearly, he's that was him fighting with him. That, that's that right there is symbolic. He's fighting yeah. with a macho image. He's fighting with himself. Yeah. Well, but what what I really expected to have happen, and and again, maybe it's modern sensibilities, is for Danny to come out to Elliot yeah. and say, "I'm gay and I want to be in a relationship with you," 
and yeah, and and Elliot not being gay. Yeah, yeah, flipping, kind of flipping out about it, and that's what causes the catalyst for him to go to Army and say, "I oh, I'm not, you know, whoa, 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 I'm not, you know, I'm not this isn't gay. right." Yeah, instead of and, what we got, we'll get we'll get into what we got in a moment. Yeah. Um, speaking of Elliot, what an asshole. Um, Elliot... How long do you go before you tell your fiancé you moved in with a dude? Yeah, I mean, I mean, not only that, but the double standard on Danny, where... I can El- date, but you can't. Yeah, I can date because I have a fiancé. I'm just right, like... Right, and you're just chasing tails. Yeah, and I'm just like, no, turnabout is fair play. If you could see your fiancé, then... Danny can discreetly have Bang a, old broads for money. Yeah, oh yeah, old broads is right. He was all miss, he was Mrs. Robinsoning all over the place. Yes, he was. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean Danny was an I'm not Danny, but Elliot was an asshole. He really was. And I mean I was I was honestly waiting for Danny to punch him. But we never got that, unfortunately. No. I, I don't know. Like I think I, I, I think that, that you're, you're getting a metaphor or at least an analogy for Elliot is the quintessential, especially at the time period, straight guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's got his life together. He's you know, he, he didn't. Oh, his go, life was nobody sad. wanted to go to Nam unless they were my uncle and they were crazy. But um, he was the uber rich kid all set. He had, you know, he, he right. was a 1960s version of a yuppie. Yeah. Yes. Yes. He was. So, a, he was the polar opposite of uh, Dustin Hoffman's character in The Graduate, um, where was, where Dustin Hoffman's character rejected all the wealth and everything that was thrusted upon him because he wanted to be his own person. Elliot was like, yeah, give me that college tuition. Give me that job. I want it all. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Well, he's the he's the epitome of white straight male privilege. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely was. And and he doesn't understand why he can't get everything he wants. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because of the way and, he was raised. Right. So now he has to go into the military, allows himself, I believe, it. maybe I'm reading too far into this, but allows himself to be talked into this plan you know this this you know hurricane heist of of a plan where they're you know and and, and all of a sudden it's not going to work out for him and he doesn't have he you know and his parents are disowning him and you know he can't go into the army and he, he's going he's never and and the part you know and I thought it was really poignant you and 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 you guys will have to help me with this um where he's his his father is totally convinced that he's gay. Yeah, yeah. Now, now and he's trying to tell him he's not, but and, and his father gives him the litany of things that that he's quote unquote damaged from his life. You know, his his life is now damaged because of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, and I, I thought that was really poignant. It's poignant, yet at the same time, it was where I started getting a little angry and went, "Okay, here we go," because. Like I said, this is where you could tell Michael Greer's input ended. Um, because, yeah, you've got... He's now forced to face the consequences for his actions. Which, honestly, Elliot needed to. He needed to face the consequences for his actions. Sure. However, I mean, not only is he responsible for Danny losing his job. Right. He's also responsible for pretty much getting disowned by his father. 
Right. Breaking the fiance's heart. Breaking the fiance's Rep. heart and Absolutely. her breaking up with her. Um, his sister wanting nothing to do with him anymore. Right. Lying to um, Malcolm and Craig, um, possibly hurting and damaging what could have been a good friendship. Because mm-hmm. he lied to them, and now they're probably going to get um, a bad reputation at the apartment complex, which is supposed to be a safe haven for gay people. Yep. And on top of that, he now has this... I, I hated the way that they described it, blemish on his public record. Yeah, his, his permanent record or whatever they refer yeah, to it as. That of something that he's not just because he didn't want to go into the army. And in a way, yeah, he needed his comeuppance because he was a total jerk and paranoid asshole through the whole film. If he had been honest from the get-go with his family and with his fiance, saying, hey, look, this is what we had to do in order to save ourselves from going to the army. It seems like the father would have been okay with that. Right, because the father wanted him not to go. Yeah, the father would have been okay with that. The fiancé, I think, would have been okay with that, too, had he been honest with them. And plus, at the same time, they could have helped him and Danny keep an eye out for the, the colonel and the other spies the fucking colonel. Oh, the colonel. The colonel and the other spies who were going around to make sure that, you know, that to basically try to catch them in this charade. But of course. Or a reverse charade, yeah. as we'll find out later. Yeah, and then we get the um, the plot twist ending when um, Elliot tries to say, look, take me in the army after all this was fake. And the army sergeant's like, yeah, no. We, the, the colonel's like, yeah, no, we don't believe you. You're gay. You're not allowed. Get out of here. And Danny and Elliot go their separate ways. Um, Elliot decides to go up to Northern California and try to make it after all. Danny goes to Florida for the chicks. Uh, Quote, unquote. Yeah, he's going to, uh, he's, he's going to um, um, Fort Lauderdale. That or... bitch is off to Wilton Manor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's out to go discover himself. Mm-hmm. Gay days at Disney. Under the dock. Yeah. And then we cut up to the colonel and his assistant. And we find out that they are a gay couple. And they knew Elliot and Danny were straight the whole time. They just rejected them because they didn't want straight people in the army. But I'm bum bum. Right? Like, all right. Can I, can I just tell you, I had a moment of this movie's going to take a really weird turn. And it definitely when, did. When they were at the party and Danny's in the bedroom with the drag queen, still apparently straight. Um, How did he and, not know that wasn't that wasn't a drag queen to begin listen, with? I've seen the crying game like four times. I know what's that was going so up. obviously a wig, though. Oh my! Oh my god! No, it was it, he. Danny knew it was a guy. Let's. Yeah. I mean, we we because all because at least the, in the crying game, I, I I mean, even I was shocked to find out that that was a guy. That was that was a joke, Danny. Yeah. I, the implication is that Danny knew that it was a man. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like I think that that's the layer. I think that's the Greer layer. Yeah. Right. I think yeah. that that's the subtext of the movie that he really worked on getting in there, and I think that was there. Um. But and then the colonel. Who we don't know is the colonel because he's wearing an executioner's hood. <laughs> yeah, like a reverse KKK outfit. 
It yeah. follows them into the bedroom. It just stands there watching them. And nobody noticed. I mean, not even Malcolm noticed that this weird guy. It's like we never saw Malcolm or his or his husband Craig ever go up to him and ask, who are you? And whatever. Yeah. He's just there. Like some red like like some sort of figure of death from a Vincent yeah. Price Edgar Allan Poe movie. He's, he's like, just he's there. He's all he's all <laughs> Phantom of the Opera all over the place. <laughs> so Danny and 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 the I don't know. I don't know the name of the drag queen, but the drag queen, right? The really Are bad the lady, yeah, the really bad lady Gaga drag queen. Um, and and obviously at this point, Danny is Danny is three fourths of the way to nude, and the and the drag queen has, I believe, at some point has the wig off. Yes. So you're telling me Danny didn't know and was continuing to go down that down that road? Yeah, and until the until I I don't know if it was was it a light but, that turned on or. Well, here's, but then, here's, here's then, what then the executioner walks in, like, yeah. you creep into the room, like, what's about to happen in this movie? Like, where did the turn, where, when did this become, like, like the movie The Strangers? Eyes wide shut, the Danny's gay version. Danny's in the bedroom playing the, bi, the, the bi-curious card yes. with, with Lady Nono. I call nice. Lady Nono. And then that's when the gay phantom comes in, switches on the light, and he realizes, oh my god, it's a wig! You're a man! Oh my god! The bright light of day. And then realizes, turns that straight card back on, oh my god, you're a fag. Yeah. Oh, somebody's looking at me! Someone's watching me do this gay shit. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. But it was just weird to me that there was no explanation of who this executioner was. Just at the party. Then all of a sudden, Danny goes in there, and I thought we were going to have the sexual awakening of Danny. Yeah, that's what that would have been where it happened. Was right there. And then, but instead of that, we get a guy in a hood just lecherously watching from a corner until he decides I'm going to turn on the lights. And then you're like. What's happening yeah, right now? Some, and then he some, takes off the hood, and I'm like, "Is that yeah. the fucking Colonel? What yeah. is going so, on?" Suddenly, right and suddenly walks in teenage mutant ninja Colonel, yeah. <laughs> and, and turns good. on the light. Literally lightens up everything, and you know whatever, and then all goes to hell from there. Yeah. I think that's the last time we see Malcolm, isn't it? Uh, that's the last time we see Malcolm. No, the last time we see Malcolm is after the fist fight happens between yeah. the drag queen and the butched leather guy and they With walk butch in parentheses yeah uh, leather guy and they walk away and uh, he goes down to the he goes down to the apartment or the cottage right oh mm-hmm. that's right yes okay it tries to, and tries to get um Elliot to come up to the party yeah and, yeah and it doesn't work no so yeah, this movie was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. It was a hot mess. I mean, if anybody is curious to watch, I mean, first of all, you're not going to find this on home video. It, it's I I looked. It's um it's out of print. Oh, it is. It's out there on eBay for hundred dollars. Yeah, um, there is a print of it on YouTube that we watched, but for some reason, instead of thinking of doing, because you know, in order to get away with having something for free on YouTube, you have to alter it in some way, and you know they could right. have easily just flipped the movie reversed it rever- and, and did it that yes. way but no instead they decided to cut the soundtrack out of one scene that honestly really didn't need the soundtrack but they cut the photo out of the only really good scene in the movie with the, the peonies and the peonies um but but if you want to watch it 
I myself say you can go ahead and kill your curiosity at least to see what gay life in the 60s was like, but do not expect a good movie at all. No, no, I agree. I, I actually agree absolutely with that. Yeah, you're like not, you're not going to get a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's there are some interesting points to it, um, but it's not. It's it, it's it's not Tiny Town. I'll tell you that. That's <laughs> no, that's, no, no. that's saving. It's not Tiny Town. I mean, we. I mean, I marginally recommend this one just for, for the elements that I say. Tiny Town. I say burn it. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I do want to add this. I'm not sure if this is an applause point or if this is a oh come on you need to be more based on reality. In in the gay world, when you have a couple and they make new friends, it's almost inevitable one of two things is gonna happen. Like for example, for Danny and Elliot, they move in. One or two things would have happened with either Craig or Malcolm. Craig and or Malcolm would have tried to abed one or the other. Mm -hmm. Or two, they would become like BFFs and be protective of them. Neither situation happened. They just became acquaintances and friends, and that was pretty much it. But almost every time, when there's a gay couple that's introduced into society, like they move to a new town or something, and they befriend someone, one of the new friends almost always tries to sleep with them to either become a third or break up with them. Yeah, and they didn't go that route with this, which was applause. Because, great, you can show that gays can be friends and not want to fuck each other. But right. I've seen this more ha happen more often than not. Someone wants to fuck someone. Yeah, it becomes a VH1 reality show it all does. of a sudden. Yeah. Well, I kind of think that the age difference did away with that. Mm -hmm. And, and not, not, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that it was a huge, huge gap, right? But I, I kind of felt like, like Craig and Greer were, took them under their wing. And I think yeah. they were very protective of them after a fashion. Yeah. Um, but not. But but you're right. Like you 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 don't have. You can show that 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 gay couples can be friends with other gay couples without like climbing up. You know, making up without written apartment off of each other's dicks or anything. Mm -hmm. Right. One last note that I want to give: Whoever thought that it was a good idea to make Craig look like what if Liberace sold Mary Kay cosmetics? Bad idea because it was an awful, awful look on him, and it was just very off-putting. Because at first I was like, "Oh, he's going to talk with an accent or something." No, no, no accent. And I'm just like, "Your makeup is terrible." And and and, and I noticed that with a lot of the gay characters in the movie that they've made them really ugly, ugly and sandblasted, and that that kind of irked me. Also, yeah, Although, I agree with that. I will say though, looking back at queer cinema back in the past few years. Honestly, up until Tu Wong Fu and Priscilla, that's how gays, especially drag queens, were represented in film. That's it's true. Overly makeup, they weren't glamorous, they weren't all beat up OM from Tu Wong Fu. They were more like like Craig or like the guy in the party who the note with the floor or whatever. They were or the bad drag queen. They all they, they were not gays were shown as altered and ugly and unattractive in some cases sickly yes to to prove the point that gay is ugly right gay is wrong if they made them look pretty like erica andrews or like rupaul you know you would not see a rupaul in the film back prior to 1995 no unless it was a punchline exactly exactly i agree with that yeah
So that's um, the gay deceivers. Um, we were deceived into thinking it was going to be a rip roaring comedy, and it's not. Uh, we I were de- warned you. We were deceived into thinking it was going to be an interesting movie, and it was not. It just was not. No. I warned you. So for our next film, we're going oh to go in a totally different direction. All right, bring it. So we're going to go to Australia for our next movie. Now, interesting. Yes. Now, Australia is known for its Ozploitation movies. Uh, yes. for, for those who don't know what Ozploitation is, it was a tagline that was given for really cheaply made um, films that came out of Australia where there was no sense of safety on the set whatsoever. Um, Mad Max is probably the most famous Ozploitation movie ever made. Um, but, uh, you know, act, action movies were made. Um, there was even, you know, a couple of kids' films that were made uh, that um, still, you know, people were put in peril. In fact, uh, there's this movie out there called BMX Bandit starring a very young Nicole Kidman. It was fantastic. Uh, oh, I love it. I grew up with that film, watching it all the time on the Disney Channel. But you could tell that they did not have any stunt doubles for her or her two friends in that movie. So you, you were wondering when they were going to get hit by a car or something on their BMX bikes. Um, so... The movie that we're going to look at is from Australia, but it's not an Ozploitation movie, so that backstory I just gave was pointless. Uh, <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was tactical misdirection for you, Mr. Andy. Damn it. Um, Damn it. The movie that we're going to look at is actually an animated movie from Australia. Uh, and it is a very, very Australian-like movie. Um, the name of the movie we're going to look at is the 1977 animated live-action hybrid, Dot and the Kangaroo. All right. (laughs) (laughs) That is the name of our movie, Dot and the Kangaroo. Dot and the Kangaroo, all right. Dot and the Kangaroo. That's all you need to know, and you will, um... Get to see what the hell this thing is. Um, Fantastic. Next episode there, Andy. <laughs> I, I so many ideas in my brain right now of what this could be. So Again, living up to the title, these films exist. So um, Anyway, you can find us on Facebook under uh, Cult uh, Cinema Catacombs. You can find us on Twitter under These Films Exist. And we will be back next time to discuss the animated epic Dot and the Kangaroo. Jesus. All right. (laughs) Talk to you all later. God, this is a trial.